Hi, this is Wayne Brown from Everyday People. This is our first interview. I recorded this a number of years ago with a lady that got into contact with myself from New Zealand. And it was regarding relationships. We meandered through a few different subjects. Uh, however, it was a, an enjoyable conversation exploring relationships, what makes them work, what are the challenges ahead. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it is raw and unedited. I do prefer to keep things this way because I want people to see that it's okay to stumble and make mistakes and everything like that. Uh, you will find that the content of the audio or the audio of the episode might be a little bit low and you'll need to turn it up. Uh, just be careful when you get to the end that uh, my little bit at the end doesn't blow your eardrums. Okay, so enjoy uh, and hopefully as much as uh, I enjoyed doing the interview. All right, so first of all, Amanda, you, we mm -hmm. were talking the other night uh, and we talked a little bit about our own personal histories. But for mm -hmm. the people that are listening, how did you meet your husband? <clears throat> okay, we met on the MV Julos. Have you ever heard of it? No. It was a ship that was built two years after the Titanic, except it survived for a few more decades longer than the Titanic. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I always tell people that I met him in India. Um, we fell in love in Hong Kong. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we fell in love in Hong Kong, dated through Australia, New Zealand, got married in Indonesia, and I gave birth in Malaysia. That's what I always tell people because that's how it happened. Wow. Mm. Wow, that's, a, that's a, a list of countries you've got there just in, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in that short right, period yeah. of time. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Okay, yeah. so when you first met your husband, how how old mm. were you? I think I was about 21 or 22. Okay, so you, you're hmm. pretty young. So what were your early perceptions of relationships? In, in what way did you look at them when you were at that age? Okay. You know, I, I was from a very sheltered background and I've never dated anyone or not really dating in the usual dating sense. So I thought that, you know, in a relationship, marriage will last forever. It'll be one man, one woman, lots of romance, lots of loving. And I thought, oh, I'll be cuddled lots and it'll be a happy time, easy yes. <laughs> that was my perception. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And, and yeah. how would you say that's changed over time? So looking back over your mm -hmm. journey with your husband, how has that perception changed? Yeah, well, reality is you got to work at it. And a man's version of romance, a woman's version of romance could be totally wrong. And um, you will find that um, things is not as you think. And there's really a lot of work. And a lot of open communication, a lot of uh, being honest and actually wanting to listen to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would say that I think for men, it's easier, like, if they're happy with the physical part, they're happy campers most of the time. Uh -huh. But for us women, we want more. We want, <clears throat> sometimes we create problems that may not even be there because we 
we expect this and because a man is so simple or they're so relaxed we think oh how come you're not this 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 like in the storybook romances you know <laughs> yeah and we have that sort of expectation of them <clears throat> okay so obviously mm. you went in with this perception or this belief that it's all going to be like the hollywood movies and it's all swept <laughs> off your feet and the orchestra mm -hmm. plays and fireworks go off and all mm -hmm. of this sort of stuff what things do you feel have stayed there in that from that original perception and what mm -hmm. things surprised you okay um thankfully when he and i were dating we were very open very honest and but my problem was because i was young i was from a sheltered background i had no 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 idea of the questions i should have been asking uh-huh you know, and so even though I was very honest, very open with what I need and what I hope, um, we had our fights, arguments during the dating period, which all disappeared when we got married because I think we fought it all out, which is good. Okay. So when we turned to the marriage, we had no like surprises at all. Um, but what what surprised me in the meantime was as I grew older and kind of knew what I want, I realized that, wow, it's not exactly the fairy tale that I expected. Like, I thought, once we're married, I can expect to to be, you know, I just want to be reached out to, cuddled. And there was a new bride and uh, a new wife of under a year, and I would, like, shave my legs, always have nice perfume on, thinking that any moment he might cuddle me or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hang on, nothing like that is happening. And and then I realized, oh, yeah, yeah, he's Asian. And it's probably from a culture where they don't do things like in the storybook romances. <laughs> they they kind of pre I expect the girls to, okay, cook cook for me, keep the house clean. And I remember telling him, what you want, mate, is a maid, not a wife. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that sort of things. <clears throat> and, yeah, that that's how it was. <laughs> Okay, so you just mentioned there that mm -hmm. your husband's Asian, and I know you're Asian as well. Yeah. But you are mm -hmm. actually both different cultures within mm -hmm. that culture, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So I rem uh -huh. what, what were your cultures, just for the listeners? Um, well, I'm from Malaysia, and he's from Indonesia. But even among the Malaysians, I would say that I'm very different among a typical Malaysians. Maybe because I lived in a world of books, I didn't really have a lot of Malaysian friends and my dad traveled a lot. And I was always living in my own little dream world. And then I traveled and my mind was open. <clears throat> and I, I sometimes tell people I'm more like an Italian inside me because I like to gesture with my hands. I love to kiss. I love to hug. I'm very expressive. Uh -huh. And that's not a normal, typical Malaysian way of life. Um, so when Ron and I got together, uh, my pastor did tell me, he said, okay, to be honest, in marriages, communication will be one of the key problems. But for an Indonesian and a Malaysian, different culture, different languages, you will face more problems. So he did warn me, uh -huh. but I thought he was just talking nonsense, you know. I thought love will conquer it all. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found out, yeah, he was right. So I had to work double hard at communicating because I was the one who really wanted things to be top-notch. Yep. 
while my poor darling husband, I mean, he was laid back. He was simple. And he was just happy to have me and happy to just have a wife that he could just be with for the rest of his life. Yep. And then he got someone like me, whatever culture I'm from, and my own perception of how I wanted to be the princess, the heroine of the story, to be wooed by this one man that I have this one chance of to be with. Yep. And it, was, it just wasn't happening. And so I went through my own time of being sad and uh, of all this un, um, unfulfilled expectation. Yep. And, uh, but in a way, it's good that we've always been honest and I'll tell him, try to help him understand that, Ron, I need more of this. I need more of that. And sometimes he used to get very frustrated. And I used to say, but just be thankful anyway that you have a wife who will tell you how she feels because most, most Asian girls... We'll just expect you to know because you're supposed to love her and you're supposed to know how she thinks. Yep. They would expect you to be God. And, and I said, I know you ain't a God, so I'm telling you what I want. <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. Yeah. Okay. So do, do you feel he's made an attempt to sort of meet you halfway, bearing in mind the difference in cultures, languages and everything like that? Uh, he did. Uh, later on, took him a few years. In fact, he used to laugh at me and say, what romance? You're so immature to expect romance, those are only for the kids. I said, no, they're not. And thankfully, uh, my sister-in-law, who was like maybe 15 years my senior, right? I, I told her one day, Kakadon, I'm really upset. Uh, so-and-so is making fun of me. He thinks I'm so immature, but I'm sure I'm not. I really need romance. I need this and that. And she said, oh, my gosh, let me tell him that I'm older and I need romance as well. So together... <laughs> We kind of ganged up on my husband. I said, Ronnie, listen, we girls need romance no matter what age. And thankfully, it might have taken him some years, but he, he did kind of step up to the plate. Okay, so cool. That's so, good, so you yeah. had someone on your side to back up your side of the story and verify it and, and give strength yeah. to your argument. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so... Do you feel that it's something that comes natural to Ron or does he have to, like, work at it with you? I I think he's got to work at it. Um, I was the first. He's dated a few ladies in the, in the past, uh, but he never understood romance and it was all very innocent-like. Yep. I remember when, he, when we were dating and I said, you know, I would love to get a, a romantic letter from you. So the so the darling boy actually tried to write me a love letter. He cut it in a heart shape. Oh, when he gorgeous. gave it to me, yeah, he, it was folded um, the wrong way around. Oh. <clears throat> Meaning you can see the words, you know, on yeah. the part. <clears throat> I think it was this. That's kind of cute. And when I realized, I said, oh, my gosh, this is so sweet. And I was, I was really touched. And I said, man, this is so cute. How come you fold it this way? And he confessed that I was the only woman in his entire life he has ever written a letter for. Wow. And by then, he was already 33 years old or 34. Wow. <clears throat> so that made me feel kind of special. <laughs> That's nice. That's yeah. nice. Okay. So if, if you were looking, mm. well, you are able to look back on your journey, the mm -hmm. challenges that you had, you had your difference in cultures, you had your expectations, which may not have mm -hmm. been rooted in reality, which collided, and I think that would be an apt word, collided mm -hmm. with Ron's uh, views of relationships. Mm -hmm. What other sort of challenges would you say you've overcome that would be not just 
within your relationship but that mm -hmm. you've seen as like a, a commonality in other people's relationships? Okay. <clears throat> I guess... Um, I guess... the hmm, It's hard to say because in every relationship, one partner would definitely be the one who wants more, mm -hmm. who's more expressive, someone who wants to give and wants to receive and there's someone who doesn't know how to give and they prefer to receive. So there's always that problem that that arises. And it's so important for each, each and everyone to learn to actually learn to give and actually learn how to receive as well. Because it's actually not easy to receive when you're used to giving. Yep. Yeah, but when we turn on that healthy attitude of, okay, I am also worthy and I should learn to ask for something and to receive it and also I should learn to give more to the language that the person understand. Like I think there was a very famous guy who wrote about the five language of love. You that, you know that book? I, I very well actually, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um I try to implement that and sometimes I ask Ron, what is it that, you know, you need? But the cutie pie doesn't quite what <laughs> I'm trying to say and say you know I'm happy I'm so totally feel loved I said oh wow that's very blessed for you <laughs> yeah so and, you, yeah so you were sort of automatically giving him uh, love in his language but mm -hmm. he's had to learn yours which I'm guessing yours is yours would be physical affection first followed mm. by words of affirmation yeah. second mm -hmm. Yeah, I need words and also a lot of physical affirmation that yeah, those are my key. Okay. So what would you say his was? Um, until today I have no clue. Oh really? <laughs> the the reason being because he doesn't know, so I try to feed everything that I know of. There's only one that I'm not that great at and that is I'm not very good at doing things like I'm not a, the best chef and I'm not a very good housewife i'm not a domestic goddess i always tell people hey i'm a career woman not a house uh, whatever <laughs> you call them so, so you're saying acts, my acts of service doesn't come natural to you is that what you're yeah, saying yeah uh -huh. yeah my acts of service would be like a lot of back rubs massages uh making him cups of tea coffee and a lot of cuddles but that's not necessary what the acts of service is i yeah. think that's like lawn mowing or drink keeping the house really super tidy. That's where I lack. Yeah. And I don't know whether... I, th I think hopefully that's not his major love language because I cover the other four, but not <laughs> that one. Well, that would be the irony, <laughs> wouldn't it? The four that you, you're really smashing it out of the park. Oh. Yeah, you, Sorry. That's all right. So that would be ironic that the four that you're really doing a top-notch job and not the four that he needs. That, yeah, that would be funny. Yeah. That would be terrible if that's what he needs. Okay, so that's yeah. that's one of the tools or bits of knowledge that you've come across that has helped mm -hmm. you. What would you say are some of the other bits of advice, tools, processes, mindset, books, whatever that you've come across that have helped mm -hmm. you? All right. There was this fantastic book that I read when we were still dating. I think the writer was a Dr. Ed White. <clears throat> and uh, he talked about, it, there's one part of the books that really helped me, and that is to take time to reflect 
on a moment when you were in love, how you felt toward that guy or that woman in your life. Right. So I practice that. I go to a quiet corner and I shut my eye and I try to think of the moments when I felt in love with him mm-hmm. and when I was like dazzled by him uh, because I try to see him sometimes <clears throat> with the eyes of an outsider because back then he was a singer and he meets a lot of women, men. And I was thinking, if I'm an outsider looking at him on stage singing in that golden voice, how would I feel? What would I think of him? Yeah. And that sort of helped me put me in a position where I actually value him and see him with... um fresh eyes not taking him for granted and that's how it has really truly helped me throughout the years and i think everyone needs to do that because we forget about what caught our attention in our partner and we take them for granted and we you know you might be married to the most gorgeous man the most gorgeous woman but if you take them for granted you might lose them to someone else who sees them for what they are and what you have forgotten so that's the danger there. Hmm. Okay. So, so you read that book when you were dating, and that's, yeah. that's a, a tip that you still revisit to remind mm. yourself and to keep that little spark fired up. Is, is that what mm-hmm. you're saying? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Nice. I like that one. <laughs> hmm, cool. Mm. All right. So a, any other little bits that you found have helped? I mean, I know you spoke to your pastor and mm. he gave you mm-hmm. – um, a bit of a prediction as to what was ahead uh-huh. of some of uh-huh. the obstacles. So talking to, I'm guessing he would have been considerably older than yourself if you were 21. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. So he, he, would was, have, um, he would have seen a bit and he would have you know, spoken to a lot of couples, so he would have been well aware of what was ahead. Yes, that's right. Okay. To be honest, I don't remember my conversation with him that much. Except that one thing about communication and to expect it to be more difficult between cultures. Yeah, that's all I remember from that conversation. Okay. But there, there has been things that have really helped me um, keep things going. And I think, uh, I won't say the romance, whatever, but the thing that has sort of protected my marriage or helped it to have that, a bit of fire more than certain other marriages um, is um, maybe because I, I, I love reading. Right. And when I do something, I want to win. I don't enter into something to think I might lose or something like that. So when I went to marriage, I learned, I read about this and that so that I'm a bit more prepared. And there's this, I don't know where I read it from. Or I don't know where I heard it, where I learned it, but in my subconscious, I think I may, might have mentioned it to you that, you know, when, when I go out with my husband, I want to dress nice. And even in house, I don't really want him to just see me at my worst. And um, I, I like to smell nice. I like to be clean. All these are very important to me. And I ke- I kept, I've kept that throughout all these years. Yep. And when, when uh, you know, he was a singer. He would be bet- with all this gorgeous singing uh, singers who are richer than us, maybe, who's wearing designer clothing. And me, I wasn't. I was just a housewife back then. Yep. <clears throat> and even now, when we go out, there's still lots of gorgeous people in the world. So I, I've learned to teach myself to never be at a disadvantage. So I look after myself. I, I do my hair. 
and I smell fantastic and I try to be as gorgeous as I can so that when we go out, I would want to be the hate turner. I want him to turn his hate towards me and I want him to be proud that he's with me, that I'm his, rather than me dress up in a pair of sweatpants maybe or crummy jeans and him looking at those gorgeous girls in dresses. I want to be the gorgeous girl in the dress. Yeah. And that's how it's just kept uh, just this something, you know, an extra protective barrier from temptation maybe towards him. And I, I want to fulfill his needs as much as I can, bar being the perfect house domestic goddess, <laughs> which so, I cannot. <clears throat> so, so if you were to sum that up, would mm-hmm. you sum it up uh, like this? I mean, tell me if I'm on track from what I understand mm-hmm. from what you're saying. Is you present yourself in your best possible way so that not only do you know your value, they can mm-hmm. also see that value and mm-hmm. realise what they mm-hmm. have in their life and therefore they don't want to risk losing mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the secret, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, it, it certainly seems to have worked for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. So, it's not perfect, but it's pretty darn good. Yeah, well, the, the, I think one of the worst things people do is strive for this perfection, you know, to have this um, romanticised relationship. Because as you said, you, you have your challenges and you have your arguments mm. and you battle it out. And, mm. and ultimately what you're looking for is the best you can do. You still have your off days. Yes, that's right. But you put the work in and then you get that reward. Mm-hmm. Now, something you said earlier, which I want to go back to, you were saying when you were dating, you you had all your struggles and then you mm-hmm. worked them all out. Mm. And I came across a, um, a study this woman had done. She's a counsellor and she'd studied hundreds of couples and she worked out that there's five stages in a relationship and the okay. first one is your your honeymoon period, you know, where it's all lovey-dovey and it's romantic and you fawn over each other and love spending time with each other. And they <clears> say that that lasts for between two months and two years. All right. And at the end of that period, whether it's two months or two years, you get into this power struggle, which is where you start to work out who does what within the relationship, who's got control of what, uh, and it's this finding out where you fit within the team would you say that by the time you came to be married that you both had sort of worked out where you sat within the team and you were both comfortable within that framework yes I think we were rather comfortable and I think we have the bible to base it on as well Okay. yeah it talks about women submit to a wife submit to your husbands as to the Lord and also how the husband should love the wives like their own bodies. Yep. Uh, not not an easy thing to always do, but that's what I was taught and what he was taught. So we kind of had that guideline to go into. Um, however, over time, there was a time where in 1998, forced to leave Indonesia when it was very terrible and he wasn't le- uh, willing to leave because he was a full-time singer and he had a career. And But I was scared and I didn't want to live in a country where it was dangerous. So I'd say, can, I, can we please leave? I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yep. 
uh, took him about eight months and he kept saying no. And I had people who, who said, come, I have a plane. I'll, I'll, I can't remember whether it was a helicopter or a plane. I'll fly it over, pick you up, get your family to safety. But because of that Bible verse that says, wife, submit to your husband, blah, blah, I, I just couldn't do it. As long as they say no, I didn't want to do it. But then I also learned to stand up sometimes. Yep. And it was something that I wasn't used to. But I said, Ron, we really, really need to go. And thankfully, my son said something that really touched and broke his heart. And he said, okay, let's go. So finally, we managed. But during this last decade, I've learned to be a bit more assertive. Okay. <laughs> Maybe because I live in New Zealand now. <clears throat> and you learn, a, you pick up a lot of good and bad habits. <clears throat> so... Love it or not, I've become a new person. And I think sometimes Ron misses the old me, but this is the new me. And he might be staying, I don't know, but he seems to be. <laughs> but but I, um, I do double up. I, I mean, I do give him way more. Uh, no, no, no. I've always been very expressive, so he still gets all the loving he needs. So he's pretty happy. It's just me learning to be a bit more of my own person, maybe. Um, maybe some Christian people will say, no, 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 always submit. Well, I do submit a lot, but there are times when I also say, no, I really want to do that, please. Uh -huh. you know, and it works out. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. So, I mean, I'm not a, a religious person mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> that that part you say about the submitting... I mm -hmm. have a variation on that that I teach my clients. Okay. And what it is is the man, when he comes to make a decision, he mm -hmm. listens to his wife's opinion or her mm -hmm. viewpoint or her advice and mm -hmm. he weighs it up against his own mm -hmm. and he chooses what he feels is the best course. Mm -hmm. And so he makes that final decision after weighing up all the mm. uh, both sides. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I believe strengthens a relationship is regardless of the outcome, the consequences, the fallout, whatever it is, mm -hmm. he takes it because he mm. made the call on it. Mm -hmm. So basically, he values the wife's opinion, mm -hmm. but any crap that comes, he basically takes it because he's there to protect the woman. Yep. Yeah, so that's true. That's, that's what I try to encourage people to get into like my mm -hmm. wife i listen to her opinion and sometimes she's way smarter than me which i'm mm -hmm. okay admitting and then mm -hmm. other times Good i'm like you. no i've been through this one before i know what to do here and i'll do it mm -hmm. but either way i say mm -hmm. to her blame me for everything i'm i'm fine with it i've got big shoulders so <laughs> would you say that that's the sort of scenario you've got with ron uh, yes, I would say that sometimes I, it gets me really annoyed when I want something and they say no. I'm like, no, set me free. <laughs> but sometimes, many times I look back, wow, I'm so glad he was there to protect me. Yeah, I could have gotten into the wrong crowd. You know, if, if I want to do this, I might have met some really nasty people. And, and he's kind of right. He says that I'm quite naive and I believe in people too easily. Uh -huh. And he's there to protect me. And looking back, wow, there were a few moments when I'm so thankful that I listened to him or that he was there to rescue me. And I was thinking, whoa, my hero. 
and um, he's a man of integrity, and that's the great part of it. Fantastic. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Fantastic. <clears throat> All right. So if if we were to imagine that you were coaching someone, mm-hmm. and you had to sum up a successful relationship, and from everything we've spoken about in this recording and prior. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Ron and yourself do have a, a, a lovely balance where you each know your your roles, what you're um, contributing, what you're receiving from the relationship. Mm-hmm. How would you sum it up in like a paragraph, for example, how okay. to have that, that good relationship? Mm. I, are we talking about marriage or just end a relationship? E- either one. Okay. Right. Um, I would like people to realize that when they enter into a relationship, especially marriage, they don't bring their mommy, their daddy with them. Um, they enter into a relationship and <clears throat> as a couple, they have to be there for each other. Um, it's okay to respect your parents, but the, you can't be a mommy's boy or daddy's girl. Because when you bring that third person and always say, oh, mommy say this or daddy say that, it will disrespect your partner and it will cause friction. Right. And uh, I, I, there's one thing I want to say. This may not be part of this, but even if even if the person can't bear a child, I want them to know that the relationship is still uh, fulfilled. Yep. Because a man and a woman is complete. If you have a child, it's a blessing. If not, please don't disrespect and say, oh, you're, you're broken. I don't want you anymore. There's no such things. Yeah. Um. And I would say that when you choose that man or when you choose that woman, be committed, be as open as you can and make sure you're the one complimenting your spouse or your partner because you don't want someone else coming along and say, wow, you're gorgeous. And then the person say, oh, my wife, my husband never say that to me. So, you know, yeah, I compliment my husband. I touch him. I think sometimes tell him, Honey, I think you are complimented the most in this life and you get the most touches that no other man in life gets. <clears throat> so I think when we really, really put the effort in <clears throat> to be the best that we can and to fulfill the needs of each other, then that is the best way to be. Cool. <clears throat> Not sure whether that answered. <laughs> no, no, no. It's mm-hmm. it, it fits in a lot with what I uh, say to people that they don't need fixing. They're not broken. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times we've just got tools that don't work. You know, we mm-hmm. might have uh, conflict resolution tools that are not effective. So mm-hmm. we learn better ones. We get a better result. Mm-hmm. And if we become the best version of ourselves we can be, mm-hmm. then our partners will see that they've got something worth keeping. Yeah. And as long as they don't take you for granted, but that is something right. where you have to keep mm-hmm. uh, reminding them and also demonstrating yeah. that you don't take them for granted, which mm-hmm. that sounds like what you were trying to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So and that's... we have to respect ourselves too and give ourselves the best opportunity to be the best we are. Yes. And believe in ourselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because when we feel very small, unloving, ugly, we, we can't really rise to your, to the occasion. We can't meet the other person's needs if we're feeling so down, so unwanted, so small. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, well, I tell you, I know we only spoke a little bit before this recording, 
but we sound very similar in our viewpoints. So that's, that's pretty cool. I like that. And cool. I, and I've learned some things talking to you, Amanda, which is lovely. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's also... What's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's nice to have your viewpoints verified mm-hmm. uh, and validated. Not that I really needed that, but it's nice to hear that there's other people out there with those viewpoints, those experiences. Mm-hmm. So it, that's really cool to hear. Yay! Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it. I'm glad I I'm glad you commented on my Instagram and I'm yeah, glad <laughs> I responded and I've really enjoyed this. Um so, I mean I'd love to do this again sometime and I know it's getting late over there, so I don't want to take you up too much more of your time. Um but I would really like to have a, a follow up interview at some point. Um yeah, hopefully we get better internet so we can actually Yes, that's right, yeah. But the, hey, we, we work with what we've got, same as a relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is so true. Yeah, exactly. don't expect perfection. Just the best that we can make out of it. Exactly. And mm. the, the worst thing you can do is expect that perfection and try and hold someone to it because it's, mm. it's just not realistic. Yeah, not realistic at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I I try to say to people as well is – Love is a very complex emotion because you get a lot of people, mm-hmm. they speak about love as if it's like happiness. You know, you're either happy mm. or you're not, or you're in love mm-hmm. or you're not. Um, but love's made up of, as you will know, uh, lots of different emotions. You've got to have respect for them and trust and mm. appreciation and, and lots and lots of different emotions. And as long as they're all high, you have very strong love. And where a lot of people have conflict is if they have a day where they don't like their partner, mm. you know, they might have done something to annoy them, they mm-hmm. feel in conflict. They feel like they've betrayed them or they feel bad about themselves and they beat themselves up. And mm. as I say to people, no matter how much you love someone, you will have days where they just annoy the crap out of you and you just <laughs> go, you know what, I don't even want to be around you at the moment. True. But you still love them. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So true. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's I mean, I know growing when my boys were growing where mm-hmm. I had days where I loved them to pieces, but I could have easily sold them. You know, they would ju- <laughs> just they'd wake up at three in the morning, you'd be like, I've got to go to work and I I really don't like you at the moment. Oh so, gosh. But my love never wavered and it's the same with my wife. We both have days where we find we get frustrated with each other, mm-hmm. but the love doesn't change at all. Yay! You know, and that's that's mm. what I try to promote to people so they don't get that conflict. Yes. Because you, know, you have days where you just go, you know, you're really peeing me off, you know, get out of my face. <laughs> but you still love them. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and people need to know that it's okay exactly. to go through those moments, yeah. Exactly. And it's normal. It's normal. That's right. Anyway. Because it, it would be terrible for them to hear someone who just, um, how, how do you say, sugarcoat a relationship yeah. and it's not like it is. Yeah. yeah. Then they compare it to their own and they feel worse. But they just need to know that there is the ugly, there is the whatever. But yeah, uh, love will shine forth. And if you hang in there and work things out, it will become wonderful again. Yeah, well, that well, if you've got it at the start, there's no reason why you can't keep it going. And mm-hmm. like you just said, the worst thing you can do is compare your relationship to someone else's because you only see a very small portion of it. You don't see the days where they get annoyed with each other and That's they want right, to have their yeah. own space. And, but the good thing is 
and this is what I've tried to let my boys see is how conflict gets um, sorted out, how you um, communicate so that when mm-hmm. they have those problems in their relationships, and they will, they mm-hmm. then know how to deal with theirs. Yes, that's right. You know, because I, I mean, part of my, as you, I've mentioned to you, my wife's Asian as well. And when mm-hmm. I met her, she wasn't very good at doing anger. She sort of bottled it up. So mm. I just show her that it was okay to be angry. And now she's mm-hmm. quite happy to tell me when she's pissed off. And... <laughs> <laughs> but I it's was... good, though. It's good because it gets it out in the open straight away. It's dealt with. We discuss yeah. it. And then it, it's all That's cool. Right. But, um, yeah, it, it took a little bit of time to get there. Yeesh. Yes. Yeah, like, Being open is the best policy. Yeah, I know. I know. Nothing hidden and then you're okay. So. Yeah. But anyway, as That's I said, true. Amanda, this is mm-hmm. has been absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've enjoyed this and we shall do it again. Yay. Okay. Look forward to that. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll um, we'll book in another time. Okay. Uh, actually, just... While we're on the recording, I'll mm-hmm. thank everyone for listening. Hope they've got something out of it. If you've got any questions you want to fire through to uh, Amanda or myself, uh, feel free. If they're obviously going to Amanda, I'll forward them to her and we'll see if we can answer them for you. So uh, we'll catch you on our next recording uh, with Amanda uh, and I'll just go and say goodbye to her and look after yourselves and we'll catch you next time. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, If you would like to be someone who comes and chats with me about your life or your experiences or your lessons that you've learned or basically anything that you want to talk about, uh, feel free to contact me. If you click the link in the episode uh, notes below, there will be a link there where you can leave a quick 90-second audio message for myself because I like to hear people's voices. And just let me know your name, a quick bit about yourself, and I'll get in contact, and we can organise a time for an interview and just have a chat. Okay, catch you on the next episode, and thanks for listening.